on our favorite comic book, book. our favorite lyric hook, hook. All these new stories of your shady crook. Welcome to the bad sun. Welcome to the bad sun. Life, life is art, and art is life. So what are we really living other than art? And you know another living art? Art Bell. Welcome to the Bad Sons Art Podcast. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> welcome one, welcome all. So this week we are talking about art. The creators. <laughs> and not Art Bell who is the most amazing we person. We talk about Art Bell a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, you know what? This is influencing not only us, but everybody. Our lives are art. Our lives imitate art. So, fuck it. Why not talk about it? Fair enough. Um, so, this week, you actually chose art because I picked conspiracies. And <clears throat> we kind of ran short on time and there's a lot to talk about. But we'll come back to that eventually. But, but art is subjective, you'd say. Yeah. I've seen some pretty fucked up ways for people to do art. I've seen some pretty fucked up art in my life. What would you say, off the top of your head, the most fucked up thing you've seen involving art? Probably that puking into each other's mouths thing I saw the other day. <laughs> I think that was pretty fucked up. In my opinion, that's some art right there. It's beautiful to somebody. You'd say it's art? And it conveys an emotion, uh, like wanting to like wretch, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was fucked up. How about you? <laughs> well, I actually saw something the other day. I can't remember what it was on. It might have been a uh, TV or something. But you know how sometimes people, like, you'll see, like, uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not book or, like, a Guinness book of, like, people who can shoot milk out of their eye by oh, snorting yeah. it? Yeah. I saw a video of some guy doing that with paint. So he'd snort this paint up his nose and he'd shoot it out of his eye onto a canvas. That's kind of neat. It was interesting, but it was pretty fucking weird. Like, was it oil paint? <laughs> I, I, I hope it was watercolor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, it was acrylic. Cool. So, yeah. I don't know. There we could talk about shitty fucked up art for hours and hours. but Definitely. Yeah. Um, so we were going to do... We've been kind of <laughs> busy lately with... All kinds of stuff. I had a whole bunch of shit to figure out with my band lately, and you had some other design, stuff going on, design. Bullshit. And I then mean, we just had uh, Thanksgiving, so it's it's been a busy couple weeks. That's why the podcast feels like it's been half-assed, but it, it hasn't. It just We haven't had enough time to throw into it. But And from all the huge response we received on the last episode, which hasn't been posted yet, um, we thought we'd maybe just continue along the whole vein of creativity and otherworldly shit. So here it is. Let's uh, let's kick it off with a, a bang, you know. Shoot two two birds with one stone, and, and Kenny, let's uh, let's hear some artists that you you dig the visual content of. Well, my whole plan for this one, as soon as you mentioned art to me, you brought it up because one of your most influential people in your life. I would say, just from knowing you for these past couple months, is uh, David Cho, yeah, famous artist, a Taurus, uh, Taurus. Uh, 
delinquent, would you say? A, a sexual no, delinquent? No. No? I think he's normal. He's honest. I think that's probably what I wouldn't agree with, like, anything people call him. There's always, like, the media talking about him saying, like, oh, he's a prisoner, or, like, he's an ex-convict, and he's a gambling addict, and he's, like, a sex addict. But he's, like, so self-aware. I think he completely has those things under control, like, better than most people, I think, at least. And uh, I don't know. I'd say he's a true artist. He's, like, not even just an artist, but he's a piece of living art. Yeah, like... That he, happens. <clears throat> like, I, I listened to some podcasts, and you showed me a DVD ASA, right? Yeah. And uh, I haven't gotten to dive into that too much lately. I've been pretty busy, but I, I heard him talk a couple times. I was listening to it today a little bit, actually, uh, where he talked to Kevin Smith about like his history and how he got into art and everything. And he seems like a really interesting person. And, and I, it actually makes me want to, after listening to somebody like that, like an artist who throws everything out on Front Street, <clears throat> it makes you want to do some research on them and see, like, Try, basically to try and replicate like the heart and the passion you hear in their voice for this this art that they love oh, yeah. you know um, something great too if anyone's listening and they haven't been exposed to David Cho maybe just watch like a couple episodes I don't even know what ones to recommend to you um, I'd say just like pick a random one between like 10 and 30 and you'll probably like find one that's like somewhat enjoyable. And then once you've kind of like got your feet wet and you are just like lacking inspiration, you don't know what to do with your life, you listen to the Rancho Solo series where David is kind enough to actually give us his whole, uh, his whole method to becoming what he is and the whole method to becoming a millionaire. And you realize like after listening to him and just his emotion and all that, that it was no accident that he got where he is today and anyone else can do it. You just, you're all running up the same hill, as he puts it, and if you have other things holding you back, then someone's going to be running up twice as hard, but you can get there if that's like your, if that's what you want and you're willing to be a starving artist, you can become a, a prolif prolific artist. One thing I picked up on talking or listening to stuff about him and just talking about him to you is one thing that he does different from most artists, too, is that uh, he likes to barter for his services and his art rather than actually uh receive like payments yeah and i i thought that was amazing like uh do you see the newest one <clears throat> what was the newest one his newest barter was a pea shooter airsoft gun that's like a uzi um a bunch of stacks of cash and then an issue of sega a, a book on like i don't know what the book was about and then yeah so you just see he like lost uh huge fucking amount of money just for the sake of like trading all this stuff to this girl because he thought it was like cool that she wanted to trade this stuff i don't know he's like a cool guy seems like a really guy. interesting person and like he yeah. he realizes like art is whatever you put like value wise whatever yeah. price tag you put on it like if you want to sell something that people say is worth like a million dollars you can sell it to somebody for a bag of like chips or whatever the fuck he wants to do because he has the talent to do it right so that's also another thing about art in general is that people can value it and speculate on what the value of a piece is worth but as soon as someone buys it it's actually worthless immediately again until someone else wants to pay that price yeah so like people who just collect it for speculation and all that shit it's kind of worthless like you're not buying it for the right reasons and 
you're almost taking it out of someone's hands who might have valued it a bit less but might have cared about it more because that money might have been worth more but now it's just like seen as too much to people so i don't know that's one thing that support like new starving artists and all that shit but then don't fucking overvalue their work to the point where no one else can afford it and then you end up just like fucking that artist over because they can't lower their prices exactly oh it's complicated so podcasts as everybody knows is a sound medium that's Um, art it's something it's something you can you can appreciate but through listening so doing an art podcast it's a little bit difficult for us to say this is the art that (laughs) to say this is the art that we like connor's making art right now um and so what I want you guys to do, if you're at all interested by anything that we're talking about, any of the artists, any of the arts, we encourage you to uh, do some research, to look them up. But uh, Here's your visual we supplementation. Do, we do have a Instagram account where we post weekly uh, images that go along with the podcast. So if you are interested in checking out, uh, like last week, what conspiracies and stuff we're talking about, or if you forget what they were and you don't want to go back and re-listen to the whole hour of the podcast to figure out what we were talking about uh you can just go on the instagram and we'll usually have lists of uh topics that we talked about so this week i figured what better way to show people the art that we love than to just take a couple pictures and send them over to uh our instagram at the bad sons podcast it's just at bad sons podcast um and we'll have some pictures up uh, probably the same day this is released, which I'm assuming will be tomorrow. Um, yeah, so I, I kind of gave Connor a little bit short notice on when we were going to record this because we kind of fell behind with the holiday. It was Thanksgiving up here in Canada, so. So, uh, yeah, I happen to have hundreds and hundreds of artists that I really like on Instagram already, so it wasn't too difficult for me to pick out a couple that I like the most that I want people to check out and, uh. So I have a full list here that I want people to check out, but Connor might not have a, as full of a list, but I'll still post one or two things that he mentions. So uh, the first one I'm going to start off with is an artist by the name of uh, Jeremy Hush. Oh, that's great. He does some really cool, like, I, I don't know what kind of style you'd say this is. It's kind of stylized, but it's it's kind of like a realistic fantasy. Yeah, proportionate. It's... I've seen his work. I kind of find all these artists through other artists on uh, Instagram. They'll tag their friends and say, hey, check out this person's work and stuff. This is my first time seeing it. It's amazing. I love it. And as soon as I saw his work, it, it like impressed the fuck out of me because it just you can see all the time and the detail and the shading and stuff he puts into his work, right? So uh, he, you can follow him on Instagram at Jeremy Hush. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y. Um, H-U-S-H H-U-S-H on Instagram and check out some of his work Um, like really like most of his stuff I don't know would you say it's um, I think it's like ink wash colored by the looks of it it looks fairly ink washed Um, it has like a James Jean vibe kind of who's that he does all the covers for uh, Ferris the the comic book that's uh, Fables Oh, really? He does a ton of Fables covers, too, but, like, very similar in line work, and, like, yeah, I think you're right. It's just kind of 
like uh, acrylic inks that he uses or something to like lightly go over it. He's got like an a crazy attention to detail that just makes my jaw drop whenever I, I see like a close up of his work. Like it's just insane how people can just work so hard and become so talented. Uh, so all of these all of these artists, um, some of them have similar. I guess you'd say styles, but a lot of them are pretty different too. Um, so check out Jeremy Hush on Instagram. Send him a follow. <clears throat> and uh, the next one I have is a guy named Fun Snuff. Uh, it's just, I think it's, what is his actual Instagram? It's like uh, Snuff Inc. is what his company is called or what he goes by, but it's called Fun Snuff. So it's at fun snuff on SNUF on Instagram. <clears throat> he likes to do a lot of, um, it's kind of like graffiti style, I'd say. And he does a lot of like really interesting stuff. Uh, some of my favorites are, he does all the Nicktoons. So he does like, uh, at real monsters in his own style. There's one here with, uh, Pinky in the brain and some pigeons. And there's a uh, Pinky hit in the bong. But it's it's really cartoony. It's uh, it looks like it's like watercolor maybe, um, or airbrushed even. Maybe airbrushed. It's it's a really interesting style. He has a uh, really beautiful artwork. What drew my attention to it though, like the most, is like I've always been a huge fan of Nicktoons cartoons, and I was kind of looking stuff up, and I just kind of found he has like Ninja Turtles. He has. Do you remember Tech Decks? Yeah. He has one of the thumb from Tech Dex. It looks kind of realistic. There's Des Dexter from Dexter's Laboratory just chugging some chemicals. Bart Simpson. He's got all kinds of stuff. Um, it's 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 kind of different, yeah. you know. And he doesn't want the priority mail. Yeah. Mailing I, packages. Do you do you see that often? Priority mail packages that artists do stuff on. Oh, I've, 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 never seen it. I've seen it a lot lately, and I have no idea what the purpose is. Oh, there's one of Mo Sislak from The Simpsons blowing out his brains. That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> um, sad. Such a tragic character. Isn't it? Did you ever see the one? I think he gets a sex change at some point. Okay. No, never seen it. Um, maybe I'm thinking wrong. He gets some sort of plastic surgery. Maybe he gets like just a facelift. And people think he's better looking after. Oh, it's like really like tragic. So yeah, check out at F U N S N U F on Instagram. His stuff is really good. Give him a follow as well. Another one of my favorite. There's a couple. There's. Do you know who Alex Pardee is? No, I've never heard of. Really? He used to do covers for a band called The Used back in the day. Uh, he's created some really like cool, prolific like uh, characters. Um, one of his most favorite ones or famous ones is like uh, it's like a demonic Steve Urkel. If you've okay. ever seen that, just stuff like that. He's part of an art collective called Zero Friends. So uh, some of these, he he's not on my list because I figured he's so popular, a lot of people probably know about him. But uh, a couple other people I have on here are on there. Um, I believe one of them is a guy by the name of Wayshack. He does a lot of um, inks. And he has some pretty crazy stuff. 
he uh he has like contorted faces and like uh he somehow makes stuff look like um stretched out but still proportionate like yeah. elongated or whatever it may be he has some really cool ones like uh there's one here of the alien from the alien movies um it's really hard for I, I'm just realizing now how difficult it is to explain this stuff to people and like for them to capture yeah, like really what we're looking at. Check out these so Instagrams. I really suggest you guys checking these Instagrams out. Uh, his Instagram is at W A Y S H A K. So go give him a follow too. Um, <clears throat> he has a lot of really cool work on there. He has uh, all kinds of stuff. I think he does. He has a couple graphic novels out too. I believe. He has some color stuff, but it's it kind of reminds me of something that you'd see kind of in like an old um, art style eighties like art zine almost. Well, if that actually, makes sense. His, his like uh, Batman's have the same look as the the Mobius Wolverine ears, just like real fucking crazy long ears that aren't even realistic, but like, just the stylized. This one is. Yeah. He has a picture of the Batman and the Joker, and he, I think he used watercolors over top. So the one that we're looking at right now, just look at that. It's a uh, Batman and a Joker, and it's Batman with bags of money and skulls underneath him, and a giant Joker face coming out from Batman's cape. Yeah. I don't know. Every time I look at this, my mind is, like, blown. Just art like this inspires me. Yeah. Um... So yeah, that's Wayshack. Make sure to check him out. I believe another person on the Zero Friends Art Collective is a guy by the name of Dave Karaya, I believe it's pronounced. It's uh, at Dave, so D-A-V-E, and then last name is C-O-R-R-E-I-A on Instagram. He has a lot of like uh, really stylized stuff too. It's kind of um, realistic but surreal as well. Um, it's like a real intense horror. It's got like horror thing. vibes to it, um, but it's like not really like straight up scary. No, it's just like really interesting like creatures that he draws. Some of my favorite ones that I've seen that he did though he did a. Uh, he did this one thing where he did like a giveaway where he uh, did a bunch of creatures that are similar to the one I'm showing right now. It's got, they're all like uh, charcoal or pastel by the looks of it, but he did like a hundred of them and he just gave them away with prints and he posted them like every hour and it's just like intense to think somebody can accomplish that in that short amount of time <clears throat> and everything looked different too. That was the best part. This is some of my favorite stuff of his, though, is, like, he has this one creature. It's a woman with this big shell case coming off of her head. He has multiple ones of that, and I've always wanted just, like, a huge blow-up of some of his arts just to hang in my room or wherever else. So that's uh, at Dave Karaya. Uh, make sure to check him out, too. Um, let's see, who else do I have here? I think that's four. So uh, my fifth one, I don't know if he's on Zero Friends, um, but he is an insanely talented artist as well. It's really surreal stuff, but it's really detailed as well. He's called uh, at NC Winters Art. So it's N-C-W-I-N-T-E-R-S 
ART on Instagram. <clears throat> and a lot of his stuff is like, like I said, a lot of the stuff that I like is really detailed. And I find that because I like to draw or I like to paint or whatever I like to do. I just can't have the attention to detail that I wish I did. Yeah. Like I try, I don't have the patience, I don't have the eye for it. Oh, so when that. I see people who draw every single little line is in their piece of art, it just inspires me, you know? Yeah. So <clears throat> his is one of the latest ones that I found and he does these really cool ones where he incorporates uh, faces into uh, like foliage. He kind of makes them like one entity and he has several of them and they're <laughs> really well done. He does watercolors, he does inking, he does everything and it's it's just beautiful, beautiful work. Like it's stuff that like I wish would be in comic books regularly, you know, but you just realizing how much fucking time and effort it would take, you know, so yeah, uh, go check out NC Winter's Arts on Instagram as well. I had one honorable mention just because her stuff is really unique. Um, she likes, uh, her name is Allison Somers. So on Instagram, it's at A-L-L-I-S-O-N-S-O-M-M-E-R-S on Instagram. And she likes to do these really cool things where she'll collect like old tins and old matchboxes and really, really small things. And she'll uh, find really cool ways to do this really intricate, detailed art in them. And they're all kind of like uh, flowy. They start off as like a flowy paint job. And uh, as it goes on, it develops into uh, kind of horror style creatures. But this thing I'm showing Connor right now, it's literally that big. Yeah. Yeah, it's like almost like a, for people who can't see, it's like a HG, or what is it, H, whatever fucking Geiger from Alien. Like very similar, like phallic, vaginal looking creatures. <laughs> not a um, very sexual vibe. It's just like crazy, it's crazy unique stuff that she, she does. They're kind of like um, skeletal creatures, a lot of them. And she has them fit into the smallest places. And it just, it's always impressed me. She's like a, well, I'll say she's an honorable mention because I probably won't have room to fit her stuff in. But definitely check her stuff out too. Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's really interesting stuff. The, like the details and stuff she can get in so such a small space. I just felt like I had to show Connor. Me and Connor spend a lot of time... We work together, so we spend a lot of time talking about different art, different books, different movies. And one thing we haven't actually sat down and talked about is, like, artists, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much some of my favorite artists that you guys should check out if you're looking for new artists and stuff. I know a lot of them have stuff for sale, so if you like any of their stuff, just pick up a print or something if you have extra cash. Um yeah, that, that was probably kind of boring for some people, but... Uh, I'll get ready because it's going to keep on being boring. <laughs> Here's mine. Uh, Do you want me to look anything up? No, it's all right. Um, unless you want to, you can zip your go. But sure, I'm going to do it. I was going to say that uh, one that's probably like unanimous between me, you, and David Cho, and Kevin Smith, and 
basically the whole comic book community revolutionized comic books. That's just fucking so incredible. Um, it would be Jim Lee. Yeah. He's the already, Jim Lee. Kenny's already typing in the computer. He knew. Um, yeah, just like so incredible fucking... Comic book artist who's drawn eight hours a day since he was a child, basically. Yeah. And he just captures, like, everything perfectly. He gives, like, the great vibe to, like, things. Makes Batman so fucking badass while still, like, making him interesting. And I don't know. You can have, like, the best fucking story in the world for a comic book unless it's, like, illustrated properly. Then it's just, like, I don't know. Fuck, like, everything is the same plot when you break it down enough and simplify it. But then, like, it's the way you execute it and... He's flawlessly executed things for years and years and years. And it's kind of like <clears throat> when I tried reading one book that I read was Hush. And I really like Hush because of Jim, Jim Lee's art. It's, Highly it's recommended. Incredible art. The story's interesting. It, it wasn't like the greatest story I've ever read, but it was pretty good. Um, but it's executed but, properly. But when I, when I try reading a book like uh, written by the same writer with a different artist, it just falls short. Like... Uh, Long Halloween, which is one of the most praised Batman books ever. Jeff Loeb? Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, the artwork falls short for me, and I feel like if they were to get Jim Lee there and reimagine it or whatever, who, I, I'm sure there's comic book geeks everywhere saying I'm, I'm being blasphemous right now for saying this, but... but uh, I feel like if if an artist like Jim Lee were to have executed that story, I would have been able to read it. I own that book, but I've never been able to actually make it through it just because of the art alone. You know, it's a style of its own. So that's that's the thing is like. I remember, like I don't even remember fuck what happens in that book except for I think it's the Holiday Killer in that one, right? Uh, Calendar Man. Yeah. Is that but um, I don't know. I just remember the way Albert. Falcone or whatever looks at the start of the book. I was just like, this looks so fucking weird. But well, kind of looks like a, I'll probably end up liking it another five years when art changes again to be something different for the norm. And then you find like old styles you thought were ugly so attractive. Well, that's the thing is like it, when I look at it, I I feel like I'm reading The Godfather, yeah. which isn't a bad thing because that's what it was going for. But for me, when I read a comic book. I don't necessarily want to read The Godfather, especially no. a Batman book. The last thing I want, especially when it comes to a mob boss or crime boss book, is to be reading The Godfather because I've seen it before and I, I want I want it to feel like I'm reading a comic book, you know? That's why, uh, like right now, there's a book that's a weekly book that's coming out that's basically, a lot of it is centered around the mafia bosses and crime bosses called Batman Eternal. And I feel like they have a different artist every week, but regardless of who the artist is, I feel like whenever they're talking about Falcone in, in any story involving that book, it always feels like a good read to me. I feel satisfied after reading it just because of the art. So art is extremely important to me. So, yeah, so like uh, the basic one that both of us agree on is Jim Lee, of course. So from there, I don't even know where to start. Fuck, I love so many artists, but... David Cho, of course, that's like a given. He does um, like uh, a lot of different stuff, eh? Watercolors, oils, body painting. I didn't realize, knife, like, when you showed me his comic book cover, I didn't realize 
Something like that was that fucking good, you know? Oh, yeah. He's like, that's the thing that, like, this is something he even argues that who's the better artist, the one who can paint Spider Man or the one who can't paint Spider Man? It doesn't matter what job you're going into, the one who can actually physically paint Spider Man better is the better artist. That's like where it comes down to is like technical skill, and he has it. And then people see like certain things of his art and they just assume that he's like one of those, he's like a Rothko or some shit, and like, uh, just fucking taking the easy way out or something, but that's just, like, the way he's choosing to go about in the moment, and trust me, like, if something looks fucked up from David Chose, that's his choice to make it look fucked up. It's not his lack of skill by any means. It's just the fact that that's what he wants to do, because he's done everything. He's painted everything thousands of times, so now he deserves it. This is a huge fucking bottle of... Arizona. Arizona iced wow, tea. I didn't even know they came in one liter. Dear Arizona iced tea, if you want to sponsor us. Thank you us for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> and give me some Arizona iced tea. I will gladly take it off of your hands. I would have to say, sorry for and interrupting. chocolate gum. But this Arizona iced tea is probably some of the best iced tea I've ever had in my life. I actually found this at the dollar store. Guess how much I paid for this 1.24 liter bottle of Arizona iced tea? Yes, $2. The regular big cans are 99 cents. I paid 89 cents for this bottle of Arizona iced tea. Okay, we're getting off topic. (laughs) Favorite artist, David Cho, first one. Second one, probably I'd say just Mike Allred. He's a comic book artist. And the reason I like Mike Allred so much is because he's so incredibly clean in the way he does his art. Proportions are always perfect and... He just, like, takes me in another world. I think it's so fucking cool the way he, like, simplifies things. And then uh, after that, I'd probably go... This is another kind of, like, honorable mention in between Mike Allred and the next one I'm going to do is uh, Herge, or Herge, the guy who made Tintin. I think he is, like, amazing to really? like, simplifying things. What, what I love about this art is the fact that they're able to take, like, something that is, like, fully proportionate, and they they get all the clothing folds right, they get their hair the way it falls right. Like, the physics of these books, even though they're overly simplified, is still, like, right on the point. Hmm. And then someone who's, like, what were you going to say? I was going to say, that's, like, the opposite for me is, like, uh, I can appreciate that, but for me, I love the attention to detail, like... See, that's where, like, this comes in is that, like, incredibly similar to Hergé, but, like, a whole different level of it is um, Mobius, which, holy shit, Jean Girard, or I don't know how you say his actual name, but he's my all-time favorite artist, and sometimes people will be like, oh, you got Mobius lines or something like that to my art, and it goes, like, straight to my fucking head. I'm just like, yes, like, it's exactly what what I want to hear, and... And I, like, try to emulate it so much that I'm sure, like, once in a while my art does look like that. But I feel like I'm just so fucking far away from being where he was at my age, even. And I have a long time because he he got old and kept doing art. But I don't know, like, Jean Girard or Mobius, he's really fucking crazy because you know his design from, like, anywhere. He, He did all the design for the Fifth Element movies. He helped do all the costume design the alien movie um he was gonna make like the dune movie until it got like fucked up but like just everything he makes is so fucking cool like i don't know how to describe it just look up mobius uh he did marvel comics for a little while he did a strip called blueberry which is about like a 
a cowboy, and it was almost in response to Tintin, because Tintin is like uh, extremely unsexual character. So then, as a result, Mobius was like, "Well, I might as well make a like adventure cowboy, and uh, make him like overtly sexual, and actually have some like sex appeal to this character, and make him like a symbol." And he did that while working for uh, a Western comic book. And then he went on after that. He was like infiltrator there. And uh, he went on to leave there, not being satisfied with where he was at. And basically started a magazine called Heavy Metal. Oh, really? Which is in, like fucking amazing. If you can get any of the original like 70s, 80s issues when uh, Mobius was still working for them, it's like... That inspired Blade Runner and inspired like all of sci-fi from that point on. It, I didn't it even went from being fantasy to sci-fi. I didn't know he was involved in heavy metal. Oh yeah, uh, he's like, involved in everything. Anything that I love, I found out that he was part of, and it has a lot to do with that. And uh, so then, from then on, like he's probably my favorite contemporary artist. And then I basically can't like talk about any of their contemporaries because he's the pinnacle for me so then my last two would basically be two people who work together and the first would be Gustav Klimt he's like a German as far as I know I don't know maybe I'm wrong I don't want to sound like an idiot so I'm not going to tell you anything about these two artists <laughs> but they're fucking incredible like it's just gilded paintings with like beautiful women on them and then uh, someone who studied under him, who's also another favorite of mine, who I based a lot of my work around when I was in school taking art classes, was uh, Egon Scheel, who briefly, uh, I don't even know if it's fucking briefly, I don't know shit about these people, but, <laughs> but he studied under Gustav Klimt, and like, you can see it in the way that they they capture like the bone structure of these people so well, and then like lay the fat and the skin and muscles on top of these people, and just give them such, like, a supple, like, sexual feel. I don't know. He did, like, a ton of self-portraits that I am astounded with. They're, like, so fucking... Egon Shields, like, self-portraits are so fucking complex and mind-bending for when they're made. It's so fucking cool to me. So, essentially, David Cho, Mike Allred, uh, Hergé. Jim Lee. Jim Lee. And then the um, last two you can probably throw in together. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, Mobius is his own category in my mind, but <laughs> other people wouldn't agree. And then, uh, yeah, basically, Gustav Klimt and Egon Schiel. Do you like um, Steve McNiven's art? Like, I don't uh, know it. Like uh, Death of Wolverine right now? Oh, yeah, fuck. It's incredible. I actually think that it's probably one of the best illustrated comic books in a while, and rightfully so, because it's such a huge event. But, fuck, it's just like... I never yeah, really heard of him, and then uh, I picked up uh, Old Man Logan recently, which is, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say probably my favorite Wolverine run ever. Yeah. Um, I just finished reading that, and, and front to back, that book's art impressed the fuck out of me. It's almost, um, it's like the trend that's going on right now with, like, how Original Sin was done. They take, like, um, like 3D figures in the computer, and then they... I'm not sure, like, if they do this exactly, but it looks as if they just, like, cell shade it and then ink over top of it or just, like, add in, like, cell shaded inking lines or whatever. But it's just, like, so it looks cheap to me, but I like how everything's, like, proportioned because it's, like, truly proportionate. 
and this Steve McNiven guy that you guys that you just brought up, he basically does this without using a computer. He just like he's that fucking good. He's like Jim Lee level where he they show like his process just, and just his pencils yeah. too. His, sta- his pe- standalone pencils are amazing. And, and his like shot composition for each panel is so fucking nice. And I don't know. When you were talking about Mobius, it actually reminded me of one artist that I didn't even think to mention. That is probably like my Mobius. Like probably like if I were to spend money on anybody's artwork in the world right now, it would be this guy, and it probably will be till the day I die. And that would be Bruce Tim. Does that name sound familiar to you? You mean like from the Batman animated? The Batman animated series. Is his name he, Tim Bruce? No, it's Bruce Tim, man. <laughs> um, his art style for when it came out was so innovative and oh, yeah. did so much for the times and so much for the style of animation and cartoons and anything. It, it just... Oh, fuck. It's starting with a black background and then painting your colors, colors on top. To it it's it's ingenious. Fuck. Oh yeah, it and gives I, such a tone to like. I've heard the whole process multiple times, and every time it just, it just makes me think like. And painted. These guys know what the fuck they're doing, especially yeah. When you watch comics, like every or when you watch animated series or anything like that, every little cell, every little image, was painted by Bruce Tim and his team. You know, like anytime anything changes, it ben just. Ten is uh, completely influenced by it. Fuck, like, everything is Everything's influenced, influenced by Bruce Tim. Everything is, like, super horror, superhero, super horror uh, influences, like, generally Bruce Tim. They just, influence. they just announced, like, I don't normally buy figures. Like, there's a couple that I'll buy just because I have, like, a kind of, like, a, a decorated room where I have venom and carnage like the spider-man symbiotes so i buy like the symbiotes and i have my room decorated with that shit um it's kind of like childish but who gives a fuck um what is that saying it's like if you grow up and you're like willing to uh, i don't even know (laughs) but it's like basically simon Pegg said something about like a nerd is someone who's willing to be proud of what they're what they like as they grow old yeah. And that's the truth. It's like, it shouldn't matter. Well, it's like, I don't know. But what I was saying is you like... You like fucked up I, art? You like, you like fucked up art? I just don't like spending money on figures and stuff like that. Like, because they're so expensive. Oh, yeah. But I saw in a... There's like a showcase book, book that came out a little while ago for the comic book stores. They're releasing figures for the Batman animated series in the next six months or so. And there's maybe 10, 15 of them at 25 bucks a piece. And I'm literally going to be saving up the entire time (laughs) to pay for those. Are they solid figures? They're solid figures. And they're all based off of Bruce Timm's designs from the animated series. So, I don't know. I'm going to collect the shit out of those and display those. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Those are some artists that we like. So, make sure to check them out. Um... Now let's talk about actual, not actual art, but like what art do you do? What are you working on right now? Well, right now, I've kind of like, like I said, like I haven't even had too much time to even podcast lately. I have a friend who's pregnant. For for all I know, she's had the baby already because about a week ago she said she's 
So you might be having it any like day. Male and the female to like show her what the baby's gonna look like. <laughs> no, I'm not doing care like sketches to show her what her baby's gonna look like. Um, Mug shots. She's decorating her baby's room with. Uh, she wants to do um, Scotty Young inspired like uh, baby superheroes to display. So I've I've painted a couple of those, done some rough sketches. Um, I just haven't had the time. I feel really bad about it because we well, have I, done those like fucking cool so far. Like, I've like laying it out, figuring out what you even with do. like the stuff that I do have. It's like with art, I'm never gonna be a hundred percent with it, and I'm gonna feel guilty charging anybody money for anything that I do, just because I I feel like everything that I feel like it's worth or I should charge or whatever. I feel like it's it's almost too much, and that's probably not a good thing. But that's just how it is. Like, I've sold paintings and stuff in the past where I've offered friends. I've said, like, you can buy it off me for 20 and they give me more and I just feel so bad about it. But, yeah, right now I have uh, Loki finished. I just have to ink it. And then I have uh, Incredible Hulk smashing toy buildings in front of them. And I have uh, Thor drawn out. And I had an Iron Man done up on Photoshop for uh, a mock-up, but I, I don't know if I'm going to do that one. I don't really like the way it turned out. But I have a uh, baby Spider-Man drawn. That looks pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, that's what I've been doing. I don't, I don't know. I haven't really been inspired to draw lately because I feel like everywhere around me there's artists that are way better than I am with way more commitments and they you can know, achieve they are, way though, more. Kenny, they're fucking old. Yeah, but... You're young. you still got youth blood. Yeah, but still, like, <clears throat> it's just really discouraging to see that where it's like... Oh, I know what you mean. I feel like I have some talent for drawing and stuff, but I don't have, like, the talent that I'd like to have to be at a certain point, you know? Yeah. So, like, I know everything takes practice, but that's the thing is, like, if I don't even have and time classes, to do... you need to be around like-minded people. Yeah. Because you can draw as much as you want at, like, a cafe or something, and you'll get really fucking good, but then unless you have, like, a critique from people who are also in your same field, it's kind of... Yeah, people can tell you, like, this is wrong, this is wrong, but it still won't be how it should, like, I don't know, you won't get the right criticism. So you need, like, true criticism from people who know that you can be just as harsh on their work as they are on you, and then, yeah, you'll actually get some, like, some feedback that's worthwhile. I was just realizing, like, this podcast started out as, like, something where we just, like, joke around and mess around, but... Now that we're talking about we're more serious. and more serious topics, there's less and less laughs. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot to uh, – this is a pretty serious podcast. But, yeah, one of the main reasons I even started drawing was uh, growing up with my one of my really good friends' um, brothers being around a lot of the time drawing, and his name is Riley Rosmo. And I would actually – I would say he's, like, one of the biggest influences on my art, just getting me motivated to do art, but – and he's, he's a professional working in, in yep. the actual comic book industry right now, right? So I'm going to do a quick plug and say if I'm pretty sure it comes out on the 29th of October, but get the new Rasputin book by Riley Rossmo. The colors are fucking amazing. The plot looks amazing too. It's with uh, Alex Gretchen, I think his name is, one of the first uh, writers that Riley did a book with. And it's, I don't know, it's going to be fucking cool. Like, I can't wait. Who's putting that one out? Um, is it dyna- like not Dynamite or Image? What would it be? I think it might be image, but I could be wrong. 
<clears throat> yeah, R- Riley is is he from Saskatoon? Yep. He's from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I've seen he's also uh he also does art on uh Drum Heller, right? Yeah, he does really cool like fucking crazy art. He he knows how to like mix the abstract and like the simplified and I don't know, he just he makes shit really fucking cool as far as the vibe. Like he he's done horror comics, he did he did Drum Heller, which was kinda like a psychedelic detective comic in a way. That wasn't like detective, it was more like fucking moonlighting detective comic. <laughs> Um, yeah, I can't, like, recommend his shit enough, and it's not just because I, I know him, but, like, also because I truly dig his shit at this point. Um, well, he's been such a big influence in your life, too, when it comes to art, that it's kind of hard not to, uh, yeah. give him a shout-out, right? So. Shout-out. Shout-out. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I guess art is kind of a serious topic for us. That's why there's not many laughs. So not sorry for that. But uh, I'm going to be doing one of these on Saturday, I believe. We're going to do a special for this year. It's going to be our first special podcast, and it's going to be with a special guest. So um, I will not be here. Connor may not be here. Horror movies, uh, Halloween, give me major fucking anxiety. <laughs> I'm not going to be present. So needless to say, an hour, an hour and a half, maybe even more of talking about horror and stuff is, is not really up his alley. But I have a guest that's going to be coming in. Uh, he writes a blog called, uh, I think it's on Blogspot. I'll, I'll give you the information on the next podcast. But it's a good blog. He's, he's actually been listening to this podcast since the beginning. Uh, it's called uncool mitch i think you'll be able to find it if you search uncool mitch on google um he's been listening to the pod from the beginning and he's actually been one of the only people to give me any feedback <laughs> i have a couple friends who have but he's been consistently listening so uh, when you listen to this mitch shout out um we got i got a lot of cool stuff planned we're going to talk about some movies he i haven't watched a lot of horror movies lately so he got me to watch a couple of those we're going to talk about them um, I recently watched Annabelle in theaters, which was pretty interesting. We'll talk about that as well. I also have a couple ghost stories I'm going to talk about. Um, I was really hoping Connor would be around to hear those, but maybe I'll just tell him before we it record. Best so. I don't hear the ghost stories. <laughs> no? Uh, yeah, it's uh, hopefully going to be a fun time. It's going to be out uh, in time for Halloween, but uh, don't worry. Well, we're still hoping to do another normal podcast next week with Connor anyways. So mm-hmm. by the looks of it, you might be getting two podcasts in one week. So uh, Holy shnikes, eh? for a Halloween special, it should be good times. Um, I think we should do a Christmas special this year too. Yeah. Would you be down for that? Let's Fun here. go. We can record it. You know yeah. what we could do? We could bring, uh, bring the laptop with us and do Christmas caroling and shit. It might be over Skype. <laughs> well, you um, can do some German to, uh, Christmas caroling. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even fucking know German. Um, yeah, to like address the thing you asked earlier, um, Rasputin is under Image Comics, so you'll be able to pick it up this 29th. And uh, since you did a shout out, hi Tom, hi Con, Austin, Brody, <laughs> how's it going? One laugh. <laughs> so uh right. yeah 
thank God I have editing control because uh, none of those people get their shoutouts. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm actually really excited for why you got for uh, cutting. <laughs> I'm really excited for this podcast that we're going to be recording. But uh, for this one, I'm going to lighten up the mood a bit, make it a little bit less super serious. And I found actually a couple things uh, we can discuss quickly because I know we have about uh, 20 minutes or so. Yeah. Yeah. About that. So uh, one of the things I found was... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's called Priceless Works of Art Ruined by Staggering Acts of Idiocy. <laughs> no, this is from Cracked. On Cracked.com. Uh, so, Connor, uh, <laughs> if I were to tell you that the infamous painting of The Last Supper with Jesus and his disciples was ruined, how would you guess that it was ruined? I think bad plaster. Bad plaster? What What do you mean by bad plaster? The, the plaster was bad. <laughs> so, uh... <clears throat> like, this is Da Vinci's uh, Last Supper? Yeah. Uh, this is Jesus and his disciples, isn't it? Yeah. I have no fucking idea. Uh, so, it's the one where Jesus is sitting at the center of the table... Everybody well, knows it. Can you? Okay, <laughs> so I'm not even gonna bother explaining it. You probably have it pictured. So in what your head. happened? What happened is the painting is so well known. You might not be surprised to learn that it crossed paths with two of history's most famous figures. But you probably didn't know that both figures went out of their way to treat it like it had been pooped up there by someone with a remarkably imprecise and explosive strain of diarrhea. First of all, I want to say that I love the way that the Cracked.com writers... Oh my god, there is some of the funniest fucking... <laughs> they write their, their articles. I'm going to be referencing a couple of these for the Halloween podcast, but... Uh, first noted figure was Leonardo himself. Uh, this is straight plagiarism. It's supposed to be painted on wet plaster... Or they start to peel. Frescoes? What are frescoes? Do you know what frescoes are? What do you mean? Is that just like, uh... It says, frescoes are supposed to be painted on wet plaster or they start to peel. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not even going to bother reading and explaining this. <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard people refer to, like, frescoes it's a long story. before, but I couldn't tell you what it is, actually. But uh, from the sounds of it, it's just... Running through this, it was destroyed by a botched plaster job. I'm I assuming the kind of like thing about all of these art is not precious, just like David Cho says. It's the most precious thing, and it's the least precious. Thing. Yeah, it's all subjective, right? It's like that fucking picture of Jesus that was like painted into a monkey. I think. That painting is like has more notoriety now and like more of a cult following behind it because it looks like a monkey in a fucking coat than any other painting of Jesus. Just as a result of some fucking idiot taking it upon themselves to restore a painting when they don't have a restoration degree. <laughs> like that one. What what was that one? It was Jesus? It was Jesus. The monkey one. Yeah, that one's probably one of the fun. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Um. Statues that's, everywhere. That's how they saw Jesus. 
I don't know. This one doesn't seem as interesting as I thought it was going to be. I just saw The Last Supper and didn't want to spoil it. But uh, I'm going to just discard this one. Cause yeah, Ken doesn't proofread articles. See, the thing is, is with, with art, as interesting as it can be, there's also nothing super interesting about it. So it's really hard to find something you can do an hour of a podcast on. Uh, this one is called 10 Incredibly Bizarre Painters and Their Weird Techniques. <laughs> this one, actually, I read the first one and it made me laugh. Uh, number one is The Man Who Paints With His Penis. <laughs> so by the looks of it, he uh, does portraits with his dick. Mm -hmm. uh, he's an Australian named Tim Patch. Uh, he uses his penis to paint. Uh, this is on audi.com. <laughs> That's right. This guy has traded his paintbrush in for a tool that he oh, always has okay. on hand. Let's maybe he, talk an Australian accent. <laughs> he affectionately named himself Picasso. He affectionately <laughs> named, named himself Picasso, Picasso, a title that surely the talented and self-tortured cubist Artist, what the fuck? Picasso would have approved of. I'll read this one. Uh, Picasso uses his bum to paint the backgrounds since it would take too much time to use his other tool and it looks better. Picasso takes his work on the road and appears at various sex trade shows, putting on live painting demonstrations for passerbys. Uh, the truly funny part is that his work isn't half bad. I mean, considering what a limiting and possibly limited tool he has to work with. See, uh, the writers made a small penis joke there. <laughs> There's a video attached that is not safe for work, which we won't watch because... Let's watch it. Well, we're, we're on a podcast. I, I want to see him paint with his cock. <laughs> the painter who uses vomit. Ugh. This one might make Connor sick. Uh, We've been talking about vomit too much. Vomit painting, painter Millie Brown creates what some people call art by drinking colored milk and regurgitating it onto a white canvas or even her own dress. <laughs> so this is kind of the same as that guy who shoots uh, paint from his eye. Like, it's probably just colored milk or something, right? Yeah. Uh, she has mastered the art of regurgitation and uses her talents to create actual art. Her work requires her to drink colored milk and simply vomit on a white canvas, thus creating abstract paintings worth thousands of dollars. Dollars. Uh, one of Brown's artworks, Nexus Vomitus, created an acoustic accompaniment by opera singers Patricia Hammond and Zeta Sim, sold for $2,400. Which is kind of bullshit, because your painting would start to rot after a while. It was... Your bile and everything starts yeah. eating it away. Oh, it smells so terrible. Rotten milk bile. This one's interesting. A painter who paints with basketballs. Uh, Hong Yi painted a strikingly detailed portrait of Yao Ming, a basketball player who recently retired from Houston Rockets. She decided that a basketball would be more appropriate instrument than a brush. So there's a video. Just search Yao Ming portrait with a basketball on YouTube, and you can actually watch her paint this pretty interesting portrait with a basketball. I mean, it's hard enough to paint with a freaking paintbrush. I don't know why people are <laughs> trying other ways. See, that is fucking cool. Painter who uses human blood. I've actually heard of this. Um, 
I'm sure because tons of people do it. The iron in your blood oxidizes or something, right? So like the paint, the paper that you use changes the color. Uh, Vinicius, Vinicius. What was the original paint, by the way? Vinicius Quesada is a talented street artist from Brazil who likes to add a shock value to his artwork. His series entitled Blood Piss Blues were created using exactly what it says, blood and urine. The Brazilian street artist makes incredibly detailed psychedelic art of violent geishas, smoking monkeys, and other apocalyptic images. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I saw that technique before. It just, like... The oxygen and uh, iron in your blood like oxidizes the paper and it actually like changes the color, right? Yeah, that's cool. And it makes it darker. I saw people paint with. I tried it once and it didn't turn out too well. But you can paint with like coffee. Oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool too. I thought something kind of. It's kind of like a fun fact, but uh, basically, I don't know exactly how true it was. I was told by a biology major this fact, but she basically said that. The reason purple was like considered such a royal color is you couldn't get the purple pigment other than diving down to get clams and crushing up their insides. I don't know what the fuck they crushed up in these clams or oysters or whatever it was, but supposedly that's the reason that like purple is so highly regarded is because it was the most rare pigment of all when you can get like everything else from flowers. And I guess like when they try to make the pigment from the purple flowers, it just turned red or blue. Hmm. So that's like why, yeah, it's kind of a fun fact, I guess. That's interesting. Um, if you think about it, like painting with coffee and stuff, like you got to use a heavy technique for that. You can use coffee and tea. Mm -hmm. I wonder, do you think Arizona iced tea, our future sponsors, <laughs> would let us have gallons and gallons of Arizona to try this experiment out to see if we could paint using their lovely, delicious iced tea? Actually, one of my current paintings isn't using iced tea, but actually wine. Oh it's really? Like painting of a wine bottle with a glass, uh, and two you're, corks and a corkscrew, and using wine to do it. Yeah, so the background is comprised of uh, bare flag shit wine. <laughs> yeah. um, that's an interesting name for an alcoholic. Hi mom. Making you a painting. Another bizarre painters and their painting methods is uh, a group of artists in the Ukraine that dive into the water of the Black Sea to compose paintings with scuba gear. Oil paints? They can stay underwater for up to 40 minutes. During that time, they apply paint to canvases under challenging conditions. So why would you want to do it underwater? Like, what's the point? Uh, painting under the sea is virtually the same as drawing above it, but the diver's canvases are covered with a waterproof adhesive coating before they take the plunge. So essentially, they're just doing it for the shock value? I'm not sure, because... Because it doesn't really say if there's any benefits to it. No. It'd probably just keep your, like, materials wet and it'd be, like, working with gouache or some shit if mm. they're using oil. Gotcha. I don't know. But, like, if you have to get up to change your oxygen tank every 40 minutes, wouldn't that just be, like, a waste? Oh, my God. I want to this girl's being... <laughs> The painter who uses her breasts. <laughs> She's not that good looking. Exactly. American artist Kira Ain Varzegi uses her... 38 double D breasts as brushes to create original 38 painting. double D breasts. Kira Ains 
technique may be original, but it's also rather simple. She just applies oil paint directly to her breasts and presses them against the canvas. Oh my god, it's so bad for her. The process is repeated several times using various color combinations and transfer techniques until she's satisfied with her work. If you, by the way, this is kind of a PSA, if you're practicing art, if you want to get into art, please be aware that like art is a very dangerous thing. People might think that's a joke, but like using oils constantly, oil paints, oil pastels, It'll uh, break down the oils and cartilage in your hands and eventually you, it'll be painful to fucking use your hands because you it just breaks down so much fucking fatty material in your, not only your hands, but any part you get it on. So I'm sure her tits are going to be fucked in a couple of years. I bet you that guy who paints with his penis probably lasts like a champ if he has no fucking feeling left in it. Well, I hope you can use, you can use acrylics and you can use water-based paints. But like, using oils is dangerous and then... Also using charcoal and Conte and like all those things that are very dangerous to breathe in. They're like little micro particles that are never going to come out of your lungs again. And then use a fucking respirator if you're spraying with spray fix or some shit like that. Like people think it's like super easy job to be an artist, but it's a very like dangerous one because you're working with hazardous materials. I could go on and on, but just be fucking safe. Look up the safety precautions with any material you're choosing to use and know like the risk. I think that's probably one of the biggest differences between you and me, too, is, like, you're so interested in, like, the precautions with a lot of things. Yeah. And I'm kind of, like, I, I'm i more ignorant about that stuff. But the more precautions you know, you know the further you can go. I guess, hey. Uh, number that's seven. the same advice for women. That, you the, know, <laughs> the more precautions that you know, the further you can go, eh? <laughs> We got uh, three more here. Okay. Uh, number seven is the painter who paints with his tongue. Struggling painters must suffer for their art, slumming it in filthy digs and eating whatever's in the fridge, even if it's not food. <laughs> Just the worst. Jesus. But Annie K licks those lightweights. Well, okay. Annie. He he paints with his tongue and regularly, if not surprisingly, deals with nausea, cramping, and headaches. So as Connor just pointed out, <laughs> be aware yeah. with what you use. <laughs> when he first started, he got severe head and body aches every time he tried to use his tongue. He was sick because of the pungent fumes, but has grown immune to the effects. He claims. <laughs> so far, the drawing teacher has finished 20 watercolors, including rather appropriately... Eight feet wide rendering of Leonardo da Vinci's The Last Supper featuring Jesus and his disciples. It took him five months to finish it. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, uh, this is cool. The painter who uses dead ants. Number eight. This looks interesting, actually. Fucked. Artist Chris Truman used an unusual medium to paint a piece he calls Self Portrait with Gun. Truman used dead ants. 200,000 to be specific. To paint a portrait, <laughs> to paint a portrait of his little brother holding a rifle, Chris Truman's self-portrait with a gun was a labor of love because the artist hated killing the ants needed to complete it, and the end result was worth the ants' genocide. As the painting is fetching offers of thirty-five thousand oh, dollars. Oh, here we go. God. The painter who uses his eye. There we go. This is one I was looking for. Uh, take a look at this artist's strange method. Ziang Chang Chen. <laughs> Zhang Chen. 
is from Hunan province of China. The painter and calligraphy artist attaches a giant paintbrush as big as 4.4 pounds to his eye by inserting the flat metal end under his eyelid. He drags the brush with his eye to paint calligraphy paintings. While the paintings aren't great, you still have to admire the bizarre painting technique. <laughs> Outside of just painting and writing, Chen can also hold a stick in his eye and play the piano. Awesome. So that's a little bit different than the one I thought it was going to be, but... Oh my god, this last one. This cool. last one is pretty fucking metal. Uh, many artists take on commissions for clients, friends, and family, but few have used the remains of their loved ones as a material. Val Thompson breaks the mold, mixing the unusual ingredient into her paints to build up a bit of texture on the canvas. Miss Thompson now makes these unique paintings as a career after her brother suggested. Her first good. painting was like... for Anne Curie, who had recently lost her husband, John. So basically, she uses people's ashes. And the picture they show on this site looks like a real picture if you're far away. I guess so does a lot of art. Oh, I guess if you're like at a certain angle, was, it yeah, does look was, like a real painting. It was like, sweet, they're showing where she was. That's interesting. So yeah, uh, that was the art episode of Bad Sons. Uh, if it was boring, I apologize, but we will, now that we have a little bit more time, we'll slowly be picking it back up. Um, Live art. Be art. Art is life. Imitate art. If there's one thing that we would like you guys to do, two things I should say, one of them for sure is to go check out our Instagram, at Bad Sons Podcast, and uh, check out these artists, check out our Instagram, give us some feedback, give us whatever you may need. Um, but most of all, go out and draw something, paint something. Um, whatever inspires you to do something, whatever form of art you do, which is like music or whatever, like Connor right now, <laughs> go out and make some art. Um, Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> okay. All right. Have a good one, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Peace, week. <laughs>